cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this. Fine. That is the sound of a party about to begin. This fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. Welcome to show number 335, which, as our good friend Chris Morris uh, was kind enough to point out, has us halfway to 400. Halfway to 400. Yeah, thank you. Uh, welcome to the program. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. On today's show, distilleries you must visit. And the article actually says... Distilleries you must visit before you die, but I just thought that was a little macabre, you know. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't want to talk about dying. That's but not I, as good as right now. But I do want to talk about distilleries. It's so we'll not. Talk as, about it's that. also not as good as I visited a distillery recently, and you won't believe what happened. <laughs> yeah, people are talking about distilleries, and you won't believe what they say. <laughs> uh, but anyway, distilleries you must visit, and the best whiskey bars in the United States, and of course, whiskey bar. Because we're talking about whiskey bars, we are going to uh, be tasting. A tequila, because that's how we roll here uh, on uh, Smoking and Toasting. We will be tasting the Aja Toro Tequila Reposado. This is a, uh, a tequila that was gifted to me by our tequila expert, Liliana Ooh. Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, she gave it to me. And I was like, okay. First of all, I usually always go for the Añejos. So if our tequila expert is suggesting this Reposado is good, I'm excited to find out, you know. So I was looking at the tequila bottle that you have. She gave mm-hmm. me one of those. She gifted me one of those. And the mm-hmm. one I had was the Te Amo. And we'd had it on the uh, show mm-hmm. before. So I mm-hmm. just drank. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Te Amo is quite good. Yeah. It's just, quite just good. It. Uh want to say, before I forget to do this, a huge thanks to Paul Nuss and his staff at Cigars International in Conroe, Was Texas. that a blast We or had what? so much fun doing last week's show there, and it was uh, it was just wonderful, and I'm still dreaming about their humidor. Their humidor is awesome. It's it's pretty beautiful. When, when you, you want to say well-stocked, they are well-stocked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other things we'll be doing on the program today, besides tasting our Aha Toro Tequila Reposado, we'll be tasting some beers uh, from Brooklyn Brewery, the Brooklyn Lager Amber Lager. I have not tried this yet, but I have a great deal of faith in Brooklyn Brewery because those guys. I've had, I've had the Amber Lager and, uh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> okay, good. Have you had Harpoon's Summer Style, New England Blonde Ale? No. All right, well, I'm excited about this. I, I did some research. It is not the Harpoon Summer Beer that I remember. I actually talked about it, I think, on last week's show Yeah. Uh, that I remember I always loved. Uh, when that time would come around, I went on the Harpoon website because I wanted to see if they just kind of rebranded it or if uh, this was different. Or if it was and just apparently, done. Yeah, apparently it is different because uh, the original Summer Ale was under their list of retired beers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, which was actually kind of fun to go through. I was like, oh, why'd they retire that? That was great. <laughs> right? uh, anyway, we'll be trying that today. And um, something that uh, Jill Rook gave us, Jill Rook from St. Arnold Brewery, uh, when we had her and uh, Abby Heim, her friend on the uh, uh, anniversary show, number 333, she left behind a couple of very interesting bottles of Bishop's Barrel. And so today we'll be trying the Bishop's Barrel 20, which is a double style aged in red wine barrels with bretonomyces and raspberries. Oh. 
So, so big that and sour. That doesn't sound good ridiculous. at all, does it? <laughs> right? So looking forward to that. And, uh, of course, we'll tell you about some cigars to watch for, a lot of interesting things going on in the world of craft beer, uh, including a very interesting question. Is Trappist beer going extinct? We'll talk about that. And that would be a shame. But that we'll talk be. about Travis that. style ales. Yeah, mm. yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, plus, we'll also tell you that um, <clears throat> about some cigars to watch for. And I have this list, but I may save it. I have a very suspect list of celebrity whiskeys that are worth drinking, according to the list. A very suspect list. Yeah, here's why it's suspect. I, I started looking at the list because I thought this might be fun for us to right, talk right, about, right. right? And one Don't of tell the whiskeys, me they, they, they suggest proper 12. Yes, it's oh. on the list. Oh. So, so here's what I'm thinking, and I, I'm gonna uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna be gone for next week's show. Yeah. But for the week after, I think I'm actually going to buy a bottle of proper number twelve, Ooh. and we'll sample that when we do that list. So that'll be a couple I'm of not, weeks away. So remember when, remember when you said like I was being mean when I malorded you. Mm-hmm. This is what you're about to do to mm-hmm. me. You're about to proper twelve me. You might want to bring a good whiskey. That something, we can use to, to, to kind of like it. balance the show out a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of uh, of malorting me, you brought a mystery beverage today. I did bring a mystery <laughs> beverage, and I, I'm always a little worried when you bring the mystery beverage. Well, so, I, look, so look, look, look! Those... You always think that I'm going to bring you something bad, and, and that being said, there's a couple times that it's funny yes, like that. Yes. Well, so let those, me let me start this one off by saying. Um, in, in 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 very few words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, great. great! You know, if there's one thing I've learned about you is that he lost that trust a long time ago, and it's taken a long <laughs> yeah, time yeah, to yeah, build yeah. that back yeah, up. That's right. So so don't squander that. You alert somebody once. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, you know, it, it's like our former president George W. Bush once said, "Malort me once, <laughs> shame on you." That's right. Malort me twice. Fool me, don't get fooled again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite George Bush quotes that I also So, okay, so, so tell me what you think about this. All right, well, this first is... of all, for those who are uh, new to the show, and by the way, we do have some people who are new to the show because we want to welcome... Ooh, this is exciting. ...our newest Smoke and Toast and affiliate uh, in Burley, Idaho. It's KBAR News Talk, KBAR, 1230 AM. So uh, we salute you. Welcome to... The program, and they're doing something. They only had the time slot for the show of an hour, so they will only get the first hour of the show. So if you're listening in Burley, Idaho, uh, you can hear the rest of the show just by going to uh, any of the podcast sites or, or, yeah, or yeah. to YouTube and, and check Absolutely. it out. Uh, but in the anyway, for those of you who are new, Mystery Beverage is something we do uh, from time to time where one of us will bring something in, pour it without telling anybody else who what it is, and then we will comment on it before we learn the idea of the mystery beverage. So, right, so I want to point out that one of the last mystery beverages I brought in smelled so bad that you wouldn't even taste it. Yes. And it, again, it gets back to this trust issue that we had. Um, yes. But this one uh, actually smells good. It's got a, The best part is you didn't even get it to your nose. It was sitting on the table oh, in oh, front yeah, of Oh, yeah. I refused. Us. I refused. Come on. I have I have a little bit of, of dignity and self-worth. So, so, so at least at least this one you're bringing up to your nose to, to yeah. smell. Remember, this is the guy who bought all of the malt liquors for the malt liquor show that we did about a year and a half ago. Don't say so, I never dropped you off to a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you did. In fact. I just I dropped it. Like I was gonna put that all in a gift basket and make it all pretty, so that like you know you'd look awesome going up the elevator at your place. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what you think of what's going on here. Actually, I don't hate it. Um, and and 
I, I phrase it that way because I sort of expected to, given your track record. Uh, but uh, uh, but no, it's it's kind of refreshing and light, and I don't think it's it's carbonated, but I don't think it's a seltzer, is it? It's not a seltzer. Seems like maybe Ish. it's a canned cocktail of some sort. Mm. Smells like something. Tastes not. Here's the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the real? Yeah, go for it. It's not even alcoholic. No kidding. This is a zero I've alcohol. I've seen this. This is Lagunitas Hoppy Refresher Sparkling Water. All right. It is a little hoppy, but not overly so, but enough to give it some taste, some flavor. It's bizarrely pleasant, isn't it? It really is. I kind of could, could dig some of this if I was, you know, the designated driver. or, or Yeah. Or, so so my, my wife picked this up. She's like, I tried it at a place, and it was really pretty good. So she picked this up. I was like, I got to take one of those on the show. So I'm going to tell you that uh, every week when I go to look for different stuff for us to talk about on the show. Uh There are always one or two articles that I come across about how the big trend right now is alcohol-free, whether it's spirits or beer or something like this, hoppy water. This is considered to be one of the big growth areas for for breweries and distilleries. Um, But most of what I've tasted, I'm not real crazy about. This is pretty good. So I like the um, sparkling waters. I like the sparkling waters that have a little bit of flavor. You know, mm-hmm. like a Topo Chico with lime mm-hmm. or a, uh, totally like like the uh, Lacroix. Those kind of things. I like those. This is like a, a like a a slightly beer flavored Lacroix. And I think that's kind of a cool idea. It's pretty good, actually. <laughs> it's kind of a cool idea. It like doesn't it. really taste like beer, but it has that hoppiness, little mm-hmm. little tiny right. hoppy kick. Yeah. You're right. It's not like beer water. That w- that's no, what they call this m- is a sparkling water with right. a little bit of that hoppy flavor in it. Beer water it- is called Michelob Ultra. This right, is actually right, right. way more delicious than a Michelob Ultra. I agree. I agree. The, because it's also more honest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's what it is. But yeah, I, I, I thought you, this I would kinda, be fun I to bring in because this. it really is, is, is kind of a refreshing drink. So on the, the level of my trust in Ian bringing in mystery beverages, we've just ticked up one notch. <laughs> Because this is this is you know definitely worth. Uh, it's only took him. It's only taken me three years. I yeah. said took him. Geez, where is my? How, when, is how my long ago did today? you first malort me? Oh, that was like three years ago. Was it maybe really four? That long? It, it's still etched in my memory, so I can't quite. Uh, I can't quite get it out. But uh, after you know. all the good things I've done, you know, like I get one notch that, up. That's the thing: <laughs> is the time that it takes to restore trust. It's it's different. It's, you know, it's not it's exactly exponentially the same. longer than the time yeah. the time that it takes to destroy it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I will tell you that um, if you are on, uh, if you are one of our new listeners in Burley, Idaho. And you're only getting the first hour of the show. You really do miss out on the most popular segment on our program. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I don't know how to break it to you, but you won't be able to hear Drinking News. And Drinking News is the segment on the show where we bring you a story from the news. It very often, but not always, is about drinking, but it's always probably best listened to when you've been drinking. Oh, yeah. The and, discussions once you've been drinking about it, drinking news are much better and that's, than the discussions before you've been drinking. So that's one news. of the reasons we put it in the latter half of the show is because we want to have been drinking <laughs> yes. by the time that we get there, right? We try to keep it real. Yeah, that's right. We're we're nothing if not honest that's about right. where, we, where we come from. <laughs> Today's uh, drinking news teaser headline. Dream a little dream of me. Was that different than what you usually do? Yeah, I accidentally hit the uh, second string there at the yeah. beginning of that. 
I liked it though. It was good. And that makes me was it Bugs Bunny that used to go Good evening, friends. That's what it reminds me of. Oh well, I just dated myself real seriously right there. Sorry, yeah. I was getting bluesy there. Yeah, you were getting a little bluesy, and I kind of liked it. <clears throat> Shreveport, Louisiana City Council has overruled the smoking ban in their casinos, which is probably really smart because, uh, you know, if you're ever at one of those casinos where they have a segmented room that's their non-smoking room, and you always notice it's really empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People... People just seem to go in the bigger rooms. I don't know what it is. But one of the greatest things ever is sitting in a lounge inside a casino, hearing all the uh, the sound, mm-hmm. the, the chirping noises of the slot machines and, and people rolling dice and getting excited at the craps table and just sitting there and enjoying a really nice beverage and a really good cigar. That's that's one of my favorite no, things. No, the people ever. watching is Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's just, just, just wonderful. And, you know, if you're going to sit and, you know, feed – you know, all of your paycheck into the penny slots, it's good to at least enjoy a cigar while you're it doing takes, it. You know? It takes, well, so it, it actually <laughs> maximizes your uh, your time there because mm-hmm. you have to stop, you have to take a sip of whatever beverage you have, then yep. you have to, you know, take a puff on your cigar. Yeah. Consider what you're doing. Consider how much you're going to bet, and then you bet. And it's good to do that because it means you're not betting as fast, so you that's lose your saying, money yeah. slower. You know, that's right. It, it's what it, that's it's what a, it amounts to. It's a slow trickle instead of a fast one. <laughs> I like it. I like it because uh, you know no one wants to lose all their money on the first few bets and then just sit around. Oh, bored. that sucks. Now, see, the ideal <laughs> casino visit, of course, would be to win all the time, but that doesn't happen. No. So, no. so if it, barring that, it's good to win early. Because then it's yeah. like you're playing with house money, right? You're 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 getting to continue to play the rest of the time that you're there, but it's not necessarily you know going to the machine and taking a draw against your credit card for cash because they only <laughs> charge you like you know forty eight percent to do that. So, all right, we're gonna uh, take a break and come back. We got a lot to talk about on today's show, and we want to get to this list of distilleries that you must visit before you die. Before you die, we'll be right back at smoking and toasting. Love that funky sound. Welcome back, That's ladies so and gentlemen. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian. Terry on the wheels of steel. Those guys are and crazy. Adam in the Sky, our executive producer. Thanks to uh, everybody who makes the show go. And uh, welcome to show number 335. Pretty cool. Uh, time to uh, take a dive in into our little... Email bags. Oh, you ready? You know what time it is, then. <laughs> yes, sir. It's cruise. Oh, I'm in the wrong key, huh? Let me figure out. Name me, me. Cruise and Ian's email bag. A way for listeners to share the thoughts they've had. It's an easy thing to do on your iPad or your phone. ST at rfcmedia.com. One more. ST at rfcmedia.com. And that is how you reach us, by the way. ST at rfcmedia.com. 
Cheers, y'all. <laughs> All right. Uh, first email today comes from uh, Tom, TK4000, he uh, signs. And he says, hey, guys, my name is Tom, and I live in Connecticut. I love your show, and I've been listening since episode 302. Very specific. Nice. So we appreciate that. Uh, in my house, he says, I've made my basement into a man cave with a serious TV on the wall and comfy leather chairs. I love to watch basketball games and movies while I enjoy a cigar, but the air filter I bought doesn't seem to go a, a, doesn't seem to do rather a very good job of making the room less smoky. I promised my wife I would look for a better one. Do you have any suggestions? And I do, but uh, first of I all, do, do too. You? Yeah. Um Rabbit air. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I have one. Now, uh, in fairness, I don't smoke inside my apartment. We're not supposed to in my building. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, it would. Uh, I, I'm sure that it would do a pretty good job, but probably not a, a, a thousand percent. Right. Uh, but what I do is I have a tendency to smoke on the balcony. And, you know, there's always some smoke that's going to come in through the door when you open and close it. And it just, it just wipes that out. I yeah. mean, there's I no... Mean, cause... You're not even letting it work very hard at that point in I've time. I've probably owned three or four different filters. I'll never buy another one other than a Rabbit Air. It's just, it's so good at actually removing smoke. It's good for other stuff, too, you know, pet dander and that type of stuff. You know, but we, I recommend and it's not horribly expensive. We ran into them at the uh, uh, at the big smoke we went. Was that uh, mm-hmm. 2018, I think? Mm-hmm. Um and they were so nice, and and uh, and they asked me. They were like, "Do, do I have a rabbit ear? What do I think of it?" I was like, "I don't know. You're gonna have to give me one to you know, prove it." <laughs> they never did it. Uh, yeah. But you have one. And I that do thing, have one. Obviously, you've been you've been working. But every place I, I go it. that has the rabbit ear, especially in the smaller rooms, mm-hmm. they're so they're so good at those small room they really things. Are. They really are. So that's from TK4000. Thanks, Tom, for your email. And they're small enough too. Whereas if you needed multiple, you could. Yeah. Uh, Kevin writes, hello, smoking and toasting. I heard you guys mention that you give relationship advice, which we do. Uh, So I thought I would give you a shot. Can't seem to find a good answer to this question anywhere. My girlfriend of a couple of years doesn't like me smoking cigars. She doesn't like the smell and gives me a rash of... I'm going to use the word crap. He used a different word. But, okay. Uh, a rash of crap anytime I have one. She's been badgering me to give them up lately, and the newest development is that she wants me to move in with her. I really like her, but I don't want to give up cigars. Any suggestions? Kevin. Oh, she has to move in with you then. Well, Unless her place is that much nicer. I'm reminded of a, uh, of a famous quote from Mark Twain. Yeah. Mark Twain once said, if there are no cigars in heaven, I think that I shall not go. If Mark Twain was willing to give up on heaven, I say you give up on this chick and find somebody else. There's my dating advice for smoking and toasting. Uh, we got to take a break. And uh, you, anything else you want to add before no, no, we go break? <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to didn't mean to supersede no, you there. You're all good. Uh, yeah, you were you were taking such a diplomatic route. Well, maybe she's move in with you. Yeah, no, no. Kick her to the club, I says. Uh, we'll be right back at smoking and toasting. Well done, sir. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And one of the things we try to do on this show uh, that we started doing really because we had to, because every now and then Ian will say something that won't be correct, and so we have to do corrections when we know that we have, uh, you know, messed something up. And so uh, because we started that fine tradition, uh, I need to correct myself now. But I, I was referring to uh, Jill Root, who is with uh, St. Arnold. As Jill Rook, I apologize, uh, Jill. 
don't you, people That's mess right. up my name all the time, so I, I, you know, I don't think too much about it. But anyway, didn't mean to do that. Sorry. <laughs> um, welcome back to the show, Ian. As you're pouring our Brooklyn, uh, uh, what is this? It's a Brooklyn Lager, their Amber Lager from Brooklyn Brewing. It occurs to me that I usually in the first segment I ask you about uh, a cigar that you've had this week, and I have not done so yet on the program. I'm going to assume what with uh, you know. All the holidays we've had and all of that, that you have uh, had time to smoke a cigar that you might be able to share something about it with us. It's funny you should ask. Yes. Um, because uh, today I went into uh, Casa de Monte Cristo, as I do, because it's right around the corner from the studio, and, it, mm -hmm. and the guys over there are so nice. Um, or I guess it's known as uh, known as uh, it's, Serious Cigars by Casa de Monte Cristo. Yeah. Or Casa de Monte Cristo by Serious Cigars Either or something one. like that. Anyway, it used to it be used Serious, to be serious. Now it's yeah. Casa de Monte Cristo. And, and it's still pretty serious. And everyone over there is super nice. Uh, anyway, I went in there and I was looking at the new stuff that's in. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you got to look at the new shinies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they had a new shiny in there. Ah, what'd you smoke? And boy, was it expensive. Uh-oh. So uh, the, uh, you've heard about this one, too. This is mm -hmm. the EPC uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, we talked I about have it. heard about it, yes. This wasn't the one with gold, though. You're, that's the one you're going to buy me for Christmas. On the uh, on the uh, EPC page, this Believe is a bold, it. harmonious fusion of flavors which celebrates patriotic love for their adopted homeland and honors the pursuit of the American dream. The 1,776 boxes is how many they released. I thought you were going to say $1,700. <laughs> <laughs> 1,776 boxes made to commemorate the signing of the Declaration of Independence oh, cool. include 10 cigars uh, in each box that have a USA wrapper, Ecuadorian Connecticut seed binder and USA Dominican and Nicaraguan filters. This is the Fun. first cigar that they've done that has uh, two USA wrap, uh, uh, two USA tobaccos in it. Interesting. So I, I grabbed it. this beautiful cigar. This is a six by fifty-four uh, Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, Ecuadorian uh, grown Connecticut seed binder fillers from the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and the, and the, and the, bleh, and the United States. Uh, the appearance, dark chocolate in, cover, only, uh, in color, only 25% of the wrapper is visible under three bands that they have on there. <laughs> yeah. You can only see the very end of the cigar. They looked at Rocky Patel's latest cigars, and they went, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, we can do it bigger. <laughs> My labels are bigger. Uh, <laughs> so it has the EPC band, the Pledge of Allegiance band, and then a black sleeve that covers about 40% uh, of the cigar. Mm -hmm. And then they have, um, let's see, when, without the sleeve, the wrapper is somewhat rustic and wrinkly. Mm. It's a little had, surprising had for wrinkles in there. Yeah. Uh, veiny, very oily, and the box <laughs> press was uh, firm overall. The uh, pre-laid sniff on us, I got barnyard and roasted coffee, chocolate, and earth right off the uh, right off the foot and around the uh, cigar. The pre-laid draw, uh, by the way, look at this picture here. This is the perfect punch. Right there? Yeah. Right, right oh, here. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the punch on this <clears throat> doesn't get much better than that. Uh, so I used a punch... Um, and uh, it had a very gentle draw to it. I got tons of dark fruit, mocha, and a kiss of coffee uh, on it. The initial light on this, chocolate and sweet coffee, just tons of it. Touch of white pepper and cayenne in the background. Earthy and woody notes underneath. The Retro Hill is sweet, woody, with a touch of pepper. That's a lot going on for an initial light. Yeah, no like, kidding. That's complex. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And the first, like, because a lot of times the first. Yeah, half inch to three quarters right. of an inch of the cigar. You get like mostly pepper or mostly uh, leather or right earth. before it settles uh -huh. in. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Moving into the first third of the cigar, sweet and woody notes are a bit overwhelming at first. However, once my palate has a moment to adjust, the flavors begin to 
appear in a complex bouquet of recognizable notes, Ooh, including okay. chocolate. Yeah, right? I like that. <laughs> Poetic. Including chocolate, coffee, leather, earth, <laughs> dark fruit, oak, toast, brownie batter, and gentle pepper. There you go. Uh, and a lingering hint of cayenne just in the background. The flavor on the lips is tangy leather and fresh cut lumber. It's This cigar, like every bit of this cigar, it felt great in the hand. It uh, like it left this great flavor on the lips, uh, and then uh, I mean, the smoke is massive and dense. Like it's one of those where when you take a puff of smoke, it's like just this cloud of dense smoke. It's fantastic. Oh, love it. Um, uh, lending itself to pleasurable slow retrohale and smoke rings. The retrohale is sweet uh, coffee and oak, and it's such a gentle retrohale that even if even if you're not used to doing that, like some people get a little burn in the nose when they do a retro mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think this one would do that at all. This is such a sweet, delicious flavor on it. Uh, solid ash razor-like burn. Nice. I mean, it burned. Pinky Carrillo getting it done. Yeah. The second third of the cigar, spicy notes move forward and tantalize the tip of the tongue. Brownie batter and sweet fruity flavors are in perfect balance with the spicier tones. The aftertaste is sweet wood and nutty flavors with a touch of white pepper. The retrohale is sweet wood and gentle pepper. Solid ash, perfect burn. The last third of this. Uh, tangy leather and sweet dark fruit weave throughout uh, while chocolate, coffee, gritty, sweet uh, brownie batter, and leather hold down the foundation. Nutty and toasty undertones are constant. The retrohale is sweet and wood and pepper. Solid ash, good burn. I'm going to say that this thing was, was coming in. Uh, between the beginning and the middle of medium, maybe right at medium, but man, do not be afraid of this cigar if you're if you're not afraid to spend the money. Uh, this is a twenty dollars cigar. Mm. Twenty dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. It is. That's three of some good cigars. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sure is. Um, <clears throat> I give it a price to quality five. This is exactly that's solid. What a twenties dollar cigar should smoke like. This is in the in the same realm as an Alma Fuerte. So you weren't disappointed. At the twenty bucks you spent, not at all. Based like, on what this that cigar was, like. that was a fantastic twenty bucks. I love it. That I was paying it. a little more for the better ride. I, I mean, get it, it, I get it, it. Really, it really was it's like fantastic. getting the. Uh, you ever get the uh, like the extra Uber, like like instead of just the regular the, Uber, the, Uber XL. the one where they bring you, yeah, like the XL or or where it's somebody's really cool car. You know, <laughs> guy shows up in a Corvette or something and uh, and takes you to where you're going. Um, yeah, I, I dig it. Um, you poured for us, and I've been sitting here like. Trying to resist the urge to drink before we get there. This is Brooklyn Brewery's uh, Amber. Uh, it is their Amber Lager, and it is uh, Brooklyn Lager. It's an Amber Lager. Love this brewery. Have you uh, have you had any chance? I'm going to tell you what I smoked, but first of all, I, I want to see what you think about this. This is the lager that changed the world. Our dry hopped Amber Lager was born in Brooklyn and is crafted to be as bold as it is inviting. Mm-hmm. The flavor notes on this are bold, toasty, and uh, iconic. It's pretty damn good. I really like it. Like, yeah, it's, like it's really it's, good. It's maybe a, a, a cut above a lot of the... We've had some really good lagers and yeah. pilsners over this last year, as so many more breweries have been you know, working to develop... This one's been out for style. a long time. It's funny because <laughs> yeah. there's so many good ones coming out, but this one's been out for a long time. And sometimes you, you don't realize what you have until you go back and taste it against what's out there now. Would you go so far as to say this might be the standard against which the others... This is, this is pretty amazing yeah, for a lot. it lager. really yeah. is. 
really like, and, and lagers not always what i go for because lagers don't always have a ton of flavor but this has this has a lot of flavor. great flavor going on and, right but it's still got that crispness mm-hmm. uh, that you kind of want in a multi-roundness and then balanced with the crisp hop on the end that just like finishes it and I, I don't know where you guys live but ian and terry and i all live in houston and it's freaking hot i mean it is like 100 degrees outside today and something like this on a hot day, I mean, I know you will float down the river drinking a barley wine. That's but true. But not everyone is wired that way. <laughs> uh, you know, not, a lot of people want something really refreshing and crisp, and this fills that bill without becoming. I mean, this is what like the people who make Bud Light and Miller Light should drink this and be embarrassed. Yeah. Oh yeah. You they know should, what I mean? They should wonder because what the hell. This is what, what a lager is supposed in their to lives. taste like. Yeah. Right. What went wrong? <laughs> Was it your guidance counselor? What went wrong? Uh, anyway, uh, that's really good. And you know uh, what really they'd good. say? Well, that's a pilsner. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Fine. That's what they'd say. Uh, I also had an expensive cigar this weekend. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, I. Um, Smoked a Cohiba Riviera Toro. <laughs> now, Cohiba is undoubtedly the best-known brand of Cuban cigars, and the non-Cuban Cohiba, which is owned by General Cigar, mm-hmm. is known for, really for two things. They're known for being pretty consistently good and pretty consistently pricey. Consistently <laughs> expensive, yes. Yeah, exactly. At the suggestion of Paul Nuss, though, when we were out at Cigars International in Conroe mm-hmm. last week, uh, I uh, picked up a Cohiba Riviera Toro. It's new, uh, and that's what I want to talk about this week. The Cohiba Riviera is the first box-pressed Cohiba ever, and it's also the first to ever use a Mexican San Andres wrapper. Oh, wow. So uh, kind of a kind of a groundbreaking, a departure, groundbreaking yeah. thing for them. It was blended and rolled at General Cigars Factory in Esteli uh, using Nicaraguan and Honduran tobacco for the binder and filler. It's a bit longer than in a lot of Toros, coming in at 6.5 by 52. I used a punch and checked out the pre-light aromas, nice rich tobacco notes, tea leaf, and a hint of leather. I fired it up, and I waited to see if I would get anything resembling the Nicaraguan the pepper Nicar- blast. The NPB. Uh, but although it was nice and full at the very beginning, I'd stop short of calling it a blast. It was a little gentler than that. Uh, the Riviera did settle in pretty quickly, though, with leather and coffee bean notes dominating the first third. I picked up a hint of dried fruit and a little bit of oakiness as well. Second third was where I really started to enjoy the Riviera. The flavor profile held on to leather and coffee bean, but a dark chocolate flavor started to weave its way into the mix as well, which combined very nicely with what I was already getting. I also got a little bit of a pepper tang on the tongue, which I really Mm -hmm. liked. Uh, And I'm going to use a description here that's a little hard to quantify. All right. It's it's funny you say all this. I I want to pause you for that. Funny you say all this because generally speaking, Cohiba's their like most notable flavor is the earthiness of correct. Them. You know that is correct. like it, so you're getting a lot of flavors that you don't normally get. Absolutely, and and this description I want to use that's a little hard to quantify, but I'm going to try this anyway. As I smoked my way through the second third, it struck me that the Riviera tasted expensive. Huh? Does that make sense? Like you, I really had the sense. That I was smoking a super premium, that it was, there was a luxuriousness to it, if I can put it that way. Uh, Now, uh, listen, I'm not even suggesting that it's not expensive. Right, right. (laughs) Because it is. Uh, In fact, I knew how much I paid for it before I lit it up. So 
maybe that influenced me, you know, mentally in terms of what I was getting out of it. Uh, but somewhere in that second, third, it really hit me that something about the experience made me feel very much like I was smoking. I was smoking an expensive and, by extension, a luxurious cigar. Nice. Final third was really wonderful. Leather, oak, black pepper, coffee bean, and a hint of raspberry, oh. believe it or not, all rounded out by a creamy finish and a very mellow retrohale. Uh, medium to full-bodied, zero construction issues. No doubt about it, this was a great cigar, which is why I can't give it a price-to-quality score. What? I'm, I'm conflicted. The Cohiba, Cohiba Riviera Toro is about a $22 cigar. Yeah. Was I disappointed by what I got for my 22 bucks? No. The answer is no. I really was struck by the feeling that I was smoking an expensive, luxurious cigar. And in that sense, it paid off. But when I compare it to other cigars I like, it's tough. Was it really twice or almost three times better than an A.J. Fernandez, Bella Artez Maduro, or an Oliva Siri V. Milanio? Sorry, I can't say that. It was good, but here's the thing. I'm going to give it a conditional recommendation. If you're in the mood to splurge for an expensive cigar and you want one that's going to deliver an experience that a $22 smoke should, the Gohiba Riviera Toro is a great way to go. Construction was great, flavors and complexity delivered, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. If you're budget conscious and you want to get the best bang for your 22 bucks, pick up three Nico Libre Torpedoes or two Rocky Patel Disciples or any number of the cigars that we reviewed on the show that punch at or above their weight class and are under $10. So price to quality, solid five or a three. Depends on whether it's payday. So if you're comparing it... Depends on whether it's payday or not. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. If you're, I get what you're saying. Like, So so I, I kind of struggle with that with my $20 cigars yeah. today as well. But so, here's the thing. But I wasn't disappointed. I like to think of that as a different level. Like I'm mm -hmm. going into it at a different luxury level and thinking this is... This is uh, something that, that, that you know you're going to spend the money on. You're just going to go a little outside. Yeah. And to me, is it worth that for the moment? And try not to compare it to a bunch of other but it, things. But it's hard because I'm, it's I'm cheap. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheap, and I think I could have had three Nico Libres for this. So anyway, but yes, it was. I, I, in the moment, it was totally worth it. And I would buy it again. I but mean, just for that kind I'll of experience. I'll tell you right now, an Almaforte is $22. And it's worth every penny. And every time I spend that $22, I'm, I'm fine with it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, it's so, I don't very know. cool. Uh, speaking of very cool, uh, you poured me a little more of this Brooklyn uh, uh, Amber Lager. I did. Wow, this is good stuff. It's good. It's really good. I'm going to give this the highest uh, lager it's recommendation uh, that I can give. As we go to break, and we will be back. We have more to taste and more to talk about, including we haven't even got to our, our topics today. Distilleries you must visit before you before die. You and the best whiskey bars in the United States. We'll get to some of that when we come back at Smoking and Tustin'. Mm -mm. That was nice, by the way. <laughs> 
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Welcome to our newest affiliate, News Talk KBAR, 1230 a.m. in Burley, Idaho. I uh, don't know a lot about Burley, but I intend to uh, intend to learn more. Seems like a pretty pretty cool pretty cool little city. So I mean, if they uh, got us on the radio, come yeah, on. Yeah, come on. you got to love it. Uh, I, I wanted to mention, Ian's pouring our next beer that we want to taste here. And this is Harpoon's, uh, what is it exactly? Summer, summer Style New England Blonde Ale, okay. hazy and crushable. All right, so here's, I have to give Harpoon a lot of props. And an almost impossible to read white background, yeah, I white letters that. on yellow. It looks like they left it outside and it faded. It 5.6%. <laughs> yeah, it looks like an old swimsuit or yeah. something. So I have to credit Harpoon, though. Uh, when uh, Years ago, I lived in Houston. I moved from Houston to Boston. And in Houston, I had first started, you know, Moving away from macro beers, thanks largely to two beers, Shiner Bach, yeah, and to um, the amber that they make at St. Arnold, uh, yeah. both Texas uh, breweries. Um, in fact, at that time, and I think it's still pretty much this way, if you're in a bar in Texas, there's a good chance they've got Shiner Bach, yeah. either on tap or, or available. It's just kind of become that cool beer that you know college kids buy well you know what's funny too is it becomes so ubiquitous (laughs) that people diss on it and they don't realize they're dissing on one of the best beers they can get out there is an amazing beer so so i was drinking uh, shiner bach and i moved to boston and in boston i became aware of the beer that's kind of everywhere there the way that shiner bach is everywhere Mm -hmm. in 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 bars in texas and it's harpoon which is there they have a brewery in Boston and a brewery in Vermont, uh, and they make an IPA that is, it, it's really what caused me to fall in love with craft beer. That IPA was so good and so delicious, it just kind of like opened it's my not, palate. It's not over the top of anything, but it's so incredibly good and right. balanced. And well I have balanced. since found other IPAs that I like even better, mm-hmm. but still, I will never turn down a Harpoon IPA. Right. That was, it's it's kind, of like, kind of like your first girlfriend, you know? It has that vibe to See, it. See, Shiner Bach was that, that little place yeah, for me. for you sure, know? yeah. For sure. Um, when I got up there, you could find Shiner Bach, but not as easily, but you could find Harpoon IPA everywhere. And so I fell in love with Harpoon and then started tasting all of their beers. And I loved their summer beer. This is a different summer beer. Uh, they've retired the old one. So now it'll be interesting to see what this one is like. You mentioned this, this is says summer it's hazy. style is what it says. It says hazy and crushable. Yeah, it I says don't... dry hops with a blend of uh, modern German and traditional noble hops. And I love noble hops. Noble hops are yeah. so good. I don't get a lot on the nose. So let's see what the taste well, it's is like. Got, so it's it's got this real clean kind of uh, refreshing nose to it. It so has a little bit of that hot That snap. comes off to me a little bit lighter than the first beer we had, the Brooklyn Lager. Agreed. Uh, a little bit lighter, but it is very, it says it's crushable. It's very crushable. It's and, quite drinkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got got good flavor to it, though. It's, it's light and a thinner mouthfeel, but it's not lacking in flavor. No, if you like a very crispy upfront beer, like, yeah. Like this, this has, this is almost unbalanced towards hoppy. Um, it finishes a little hoppy. It finishes very hoppy, crispy. But that's uh, the, there's uh, not a lot of malt profile up front. But there is like kind of in the retro hell after a sip, there is a little bit of malt sweetness that you get. Um, what did you say the hops was they used on this? The noble hops. Ah, uh, noble. See, well, it says modern German sure. and traditional noble hops. Yeah. So um, it does have a little bit of that German hop inspired flavor to it. by the classic Keller Kolsch, one of the original hoppy hazy uh, beers. And interestingly, the original Harpoon Summer 
was also a Colch. So that's that's very interesting too. Um, so I recommend this. I like it very much. Leaves a little bit of astringency on the tongue. Kind of leaves you wanting that next sip. The, we call that, that we call that the Doritos effect. Yeah. Yeah. Coming in. Sure. What is the uh, ABV on this? I'm not, uh, seeing I'm not it. sure. Does it say there? I'm not sure what it is. See. Feels like it's very more like a four to five percent at at the most. Oh uh, no, I said it earlier. Five point six. Five point six. Okay. It's in that white. Lettering on a <laughs> yeah. yellow background. I'm glad you can read it because read. I can't. I have to put on my readers to do that. I just wanted to mention, by the way, our newest affiliate, uh, News Talk KBAR, 12:30 a.m. in Burley, Idaho. Uh, they uh, are only broadcasting the first hour of the show. To, so, to our listeners in Burley, we say thank you for thank listening. You. And if we want to hear drinking news and the rest of what we're going to uh, talk about on the show, we got another full hour. <laughs> oh, coming. you want to hear drinking news? Yes, yeah. <laughs> got another full hour coming. So you can find it on our podcast, which can be found anywhere that podcasts are delivered. Just look. For smoking, that's with an apostrophe, and mm-hmm. toasting, also with an apostrophe, and you should be able to find it at all the places, you know, Spotify and and Apple Podcasts, and uh, where all fine podcasts are, or at, or, at, or at YouTube, yeah, or YouTube, yeah, if YouTube, if you want to see us, was like, you just saying the Bible about casting your pod upon the waters? Your pod. Is, is that is that a Bible verse? <laughs> I don't remember. I didn't pay a lot of attention in Sunday school. Uh, we are uh, going to be back with the second hour of the show. Uh, to those of you who are uh, leaving us now, cheers, y'all. And uh, to those of you who are staying with us, thanks. And we got good stuff coming on Smoking and Toasting. Ah, uh, yeah. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Now, this is a small bottle. I, I don't know what kind of a sound that's going to make. Ooh, that was nice. That was <laughs> I couldn't nice. get the scrunchy sounds yeah, when I was turning right. it. So this is, we're going to be trying this tequila. This is uh, one that was given to me by our tequila expert, Liliana Rodriguez. And it is an Aja Toro tequila reposado. So I'm looking forward to trying this because, you know, I mean, she doesn't steer you wrong. You know what I'm saying? Uh, do you have trouble pouring it? Oh, no, there's only so much. I guess, no, yeah. there's, a, there's just All a very right. small yeah, amount It's a small bottle. All right. So while you're pouring there, let me tell you about some cigars to watch for. Partagas is debuting their first cigar made with a Mexican wrapper. Everybody is doing the San Andreas wrapper these days. Man, this, yeah, the Mexican San Andreas is yeah. such a good it wrapper. It really is. The non-Cuban version of the Partagas brand has been around for decades. It launched in the U.S. market in 1977. And over the past 46 years, Partagas cigars have come in many styles, but they're their new line called Valle Verde marks a first for the brand as it's rolled with a cover leaf from Mexico. Valle Verde is actually Spanish for, and I'm actually going to give you the translation, Green Valley. I couldn't, yeah, yeah. I couldn't come up if it was... Actually, it's Valley Green, but go ahead. Uh, but yeah, That's how it translates out. Yes, correct. Uh, but see, you do know Spanish. I, I know two Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it's a growing region that borders the Gulf of Mexico and features a comparatively cool climate, a lengthy rainy session, and rich volcanic so- uh, soil. Uh, and this has just shipped to uh, retailers. going to be available in uh, three regular production sizes, a Robusto, a Toro, and a Double Corona. Uh, prices will range from uh, $7.50 to $9.50 in terms of the suggested uh, retail. So... Uh, should be uh, should be very interesting. Oh, there's also going to be uh, a limited release fourth size, a Bellicoso, uh, that is going to be uh, 9.99. So uh, all sizes ship in 20 count boxes. So look for that. And just in time for my inner tube floating on vacation next week, Aganor Salif is releasing the JFR Lunatic Bellicoso Maduro, a cigar with a thickness of ring gauge 100. 
I am so all over that. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the most obnoxious thing I've ever heard. Although no one is sure how they're going to actually clip the cigar. To get so I, I bought a cigar clip that like says it clips up to an 80 ring gauge. But I'm see, sure that, we just have to stuff it on there. And, yeah, and try your best, right? <laughs> also, uh, I have a bandsaw. Yeah. Like, I'll work this out. <laughs> uh, it's a 10-inch by 100 ring, uh, ring gauge cigar. It's all Nicaraguan, save for a dark Mexican Tennessee Samurai rapper. Chef. Yes. Like <laughs> That's totally true. Uh, it's gigantic, and it's blended to be uh, medium to full body. It won't be sold in traditional boxes, but rather in single wooden cars. Coffins uh, with a suggested retail price of thirty nine ninety nine each, but that would do. <laughs> That's your funny whole... because their other cigars, like <laughs> yeah. their eight by eighty, is like nine dollars. Yeah, or something I know. Like well, this, that. well, this one's. You got to think this. This That's one outrageous. Took a very special roller yeah, to put this outrageous. bad boy together. Yeah, uh, it is of course Agonors's biggest cigar yet, and they're limiting it to only twenty five hundred cigars. So you, you may have to. I'm gonna have to get one. Call the boys down at uh, Casa and tell them to hold on to a couple of them for you. Uh, the Bellicose. Maduro actually ships at the end of July, so it'll be a little too late for my inner tubing uh, expedition, but maybe for yours. Just a piece of advice, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Don't go rent a tube. Don't go rent a tube. No. Oh, go, no. no. Go, go buy Academy and buy a tube because yeah. it'll have the little headrest on it. Yeah, You're going to no, want we, that. We totally bought uh, tubes, so we're, yeah. we're going to be uh, we're going to be good to go. And Fierro Tego, the company that revived the Timeless line after the cigar-hitting Nat Sherman company collapsed, and they did a good job. has just shipped a new line called Suma, which is the first Fierro Tego flagship brand in regular production. Previous cigars that carried the Fierro Tego name, the Elegancia and the Generoso, were annual limited editions. So this one is made by the Casada family in the Dominican mm-hmm. Republic. Uh, they know what they're doing. Fierro Tego Suma will be on display at this year's uh, PCA trade show. The word Suma means a comprehensive work or a summary or a synthesis of a body of work thus far. Uh, so the company stated that this is a blend that embodies the diversity and complexity of the Fierro Tego uh, portfolio. Uh, it's a three-country blend, Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper atop an Ecuadorian Sumatra seed binder and a mix of Nicaraguan and Dominican filler. The cigars are uh, going to be full-bodied, and they come in Corona Gorda, uh, Robusto, Torpedo, and Gordo. All sizes ship in boxes of 10 cigars apiece. So mm. <clears throat> I'm definitely going to try that. I really appreciate that they rejuvenated the Timeless Blend, because that really was a good cigar. Yes, and, agreed. Uh, and it, it would have been a shame to see it go by the wayside just because the people at Nat Sherman hate cigars, uh, <clears throat> or hated cigars. They're not around anymore. All right, we're drinking Tequila Reposado. This is the Aja Toro. What do you think? You've, uh, you've gone So this is funny. Research. It has kind of a funky nose to it. Like, yes, I agree. It has kind of a funky nose, and I wasn't sure what to think at first, but it's also sweet and delicious. Oh, it really is. And I don't know is, that I can give it that much more uh, about it. It's sweet and delicious. It's got some vanilla. It's got a little bit of a definitely, has definitely agave way forward. But the yeah. nose is a little funky. <laughs> so generally with tequilas, the longer they age, the more they pick up notes of things like uh, vanilla and um, you know uh, uh, maple and mm-hmm. other other sort of flavors, and l- you get a little less of the agave. Well, look how light the color is on this. Well, too. this it's you get light. you get lots of agave, but there's enough vanilla in there mm-hmm. to keep it from tasting really young. You know, right? And it's not super peppery up front, but it does have kind of a peppery aftertaste, which is really interesting. So. It's not like a salsa, which is super peppery, Mm-mm. but it is, does have a little bit of peppery on the uh, on the palate when you get through there. That's it's actually quite good. 
Uh, very, very, very drinkable. And I would, I would pair this with a cigar for sure. Um, <clears throat> usually, I look for tequilas that have more of those sort of maple or or um, uh, woody kind woody of woody kind of too, notes yeah. to pair with a cigar. But this, I think, would go very well, mm-hmm. especially with something you know around medium bodied. I think that would work pretty darn well. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. Actually, kind. Kind of Padron nineteen twenty six. Yeah, how good would that be? It, this would go with the uh the cigar that I had uh, like a Corojo leaf about. kind of thing is what makes me think mm-hmm. a lot of times when I'm doing uh tequila. Yeah, uh AJ Fernandez has a New World Corojo that is that would go oh no, I'm I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the Cameroon. The Cameroon, the Cameroon would go Cameroon very well nice. with this. Go very well with this. So according to Mashed, which is a pretty cool uh, website that has recipes and news and entertainment and stuff, uh, they say there's no better way to experience whiskey than by drinking it straight from a distillery. Would you agree with that? I mean, you've been to a number of distilleries and had... What do they mean by straight from the distillery? Like, does that mean you can't put a drop of water in it? Well, I think what they're saying or... is, rather than having it be bottled and shipped... Oh, if yeah, you're yeah, maybe, a, I mean... It's, it's kind of like, I, I can certainly say that with beer. There's yeah. probably no better example of any beer style than from the tap at the brewer. Agreed, because beer needs to be drunk <coughs> fresh. Right, right. Generally speaking. Now, it's not that you can't age certain beers and things like that, but generally speaking, beer is made to be drunk fresh. Whiskey's not. So I don't know. Like well, One of the things they say in this article is that uh, whether you drink single malt whiskey or Kentucky bourbon, it's more uh, enriching experience to sip on the spirit while you learn about all of the effort oh, yeah, that okay. making it. That's so, way cooler. Yes. No, no, uh, more I get that. More of a sensory experience. But, so. but if you're talking about just the liquid itself, I don't know that it matters, but the... The, the the surrounding experience does make a difference in your overall enjoyment of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. said product. Agreed. Agreed. So they list uh, a number of distilleries because they feel like the distillery experience is the true whiskey experience, where all your senses are firing at the same time. And so they list a number of distilleries I thought we'd go through. Man, if there was a distillery right around the corner <laughs> from my house, I'd just go fire my senses all the time. Well, if you're in Frankfort, Kentucky, the Buffalo Trace Distillery might be right around Wouldn't the corner from nice? your house. Yeah, yeah. And they uh, say that uh, any whiskey lover should have Buffalo Trace's notable Frankfort Distillery on your list of places to visit. Absolutely. They and it's on my shelf. They also uh, mentioned the Chattanooga Whiskey Distillery in Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee. Uh, they uh, say the company uh, in 2015 celebrated a very special occasion, becoming the first company to, dis- to distill whiskey in Chattanooga in a century. So they actually operate two different distilleries, a riverfront and an experimental uh, distillery. Now, I would love to go to the next one on the list. It's the Balvenie. Oh, yeah. In Dufftown, Scotland. Uh, they yeah. say that the Balvenie Distillery is an important Scottish landmark. It's located near the Balvenie Castle, which one, once hosted monarchs as guests, and Balvenie created the distillery just down the road. Production began there in 1893. What do they know about whiskey? Yeah, yeah, probably not. So, <laughs> uh, If you're 18 or older, you can uh, experience a two-and-a-half-hour tour of the Balvenie, which sounds Actually, like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, St. Augustine Distillery in St. Augustine, Florida. It was an old ice plant turned into a whiskey distillery uh, established in 2013. They offer both self-guided and guided tours. I might need the guided 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? You start by off the end of it. I may, I may need, yeah, I mean, you start need a little off self guided and then you're like, uh, somebody, <laughs> yep, yep. I'm lost. Park City, Utah is home to the High West Distillery, which they uh, list also as one that you must visit. High West makes some good whiskey. And if you're in Northern Ireland, you gotta go to the old Bushmills Distillery. Yeah. Yeah. They say that this one is. Uh, um, the oldest licensed distillery in the world. So that fact alone That's crazy makes cool. it worth a visit from every uh, from every whiskey lover. In Nova Scotia, in uh, Cape Breton Island, there is the Glenora Distillery. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just... <coughs> I just love to go to Nova Scotia. It just sounds like a great place. Right, never yeah. Been. Uh, but that would be a really fun thing to uh, to do if you're there. In Louisville, Kentucky, they say visit the Rabbit Hole Distillery. The Rabbit Hole. We've had some Rabbit Hole on yeah, here. Yeah, it's it was pretty good dang stuff. good. Yep. If you're in Dublin, the Jameson Distillery is a must. Yeah. You put that on your list and make sure you do it. I've never been to Ireland, and I would really I haven't like, either. Really like to go. 100%. In Frankfurt, Kentucky. We should make that a work trip. Uh, I love that idea. Let's do it. <laughs> See if we can write it off on taxes somehow. That's right. Uh, in uh, Frankfort, Kentucky, is the Castle and Key Distillery. And what's interesting about Castle and Key is it's essentially two buildings side by side, and one of them is, in fact, a castle or shaped like a castle, nice. which, is, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Shinsu Mars Distillery in Nagano, Japan, uh, is on this list. Uh, I, have, I am not familiar with that distillery, Mm-mm. but uh, I would, I'd love to go. That's that's and another Japanese whiskey. That's mm. an, uh, another uh, road Japanese trip we make should work great on. Great whiskey uh, in Versailles, Kentucky, Woodford Reserve. Uh, yeah, now, you know we love their whiskey, so that would be a very fun uh, thing to uh, to do. In Breckenridge, Colorado, the Breckenridge Distillery is on yeah. the list. Makes sense. And just up the road from us, a little ways in Waco, Texas, they say you got to go to Balcones, and Balcones has really emerged as one of the leaders in Texas whiskey. We need to get them back on the show. We've had them on before. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we, uh, As a matter of fact, let's get them back on the show and uh, we could drive up there. I, I would do that. And get uh, a hotel because... Because <laughs> we ain't driving because home. Balconies. Yeah, yeah, because balconies. In Kirkwall, Scotland, they say you got to go to Highland Park Distillery. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, by far not an easy place to get to, they say. It's located in the remote islands of Orkney, once occupied by Vikings. But nowadays, only 20 of the approximately 70 islands are inhabited due to the harsh weather conditions because they're nearly in the Arctic Circle. Sounds like <laughs> a great place for a distillery. Highland Walker & Sons Distillery in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Uh, they say definitely worth uh, visiting. And they've been around since 1857, which was before Canada was even a country. Wow. So you couldn't even blame Canada back then because it wasn't a country. Uh, in Tullamore Island, you must visit Tullamore Dew. Yeah. yeah, that's that almost goes without saying. In Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Stitzel Weller is uh, recommended mm-hmm. to be visited. And in uh, uh, Gardner, New York, the Hudson Whiskey Distillery is also on the list. Man, Hudson, that Hudson four yeah. grain is so good. And finally, in uh, Balindalock, Scotland, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, uh, they say you've got to visit the Glen Levitt. So oh, that would yeah. be, will you talk about a great work road trip? Ooh, I'm down. Let's. I'm going to put a few of these on my bucket list, and hopefully once we get there, They'll have a bucket full of whiskey for me. That'd be, <laughs> right. be awesome. We take a break. We're right back. It is smoking and toasting. And uh, thank you for listening.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian, there was a wine that uh, used to have um, television commercials, and Orson Welles was in the commercial, and he would say, we will sell no wine before it's time. Oh, I do you remember, remember that. Do yes, you, I do. That do, was, do you remember uh, what wine? And Ernest and Julio Gallo. Gallo. Yeah, which I have a feeling they have actually sold a few wines before <laughs> that time. But, <laughs> but it, was, it was a great slogan, nonetheless, because it kind of points out that in the world of, of spirits and, and wine and beers and cigars as well, like most of the time when you're taking some kind of a shortcut— it probably isn't. Show. Yeah, it probably isn't the uh, the best thing, and so I approached this next item that I read a review about on Wired <coughs> with a bit of skepticism because it is called a MOBA Smart Barrel, and the MOBA Smart Barrel is a Wi-Fi enabled urn, and the concept behind it is you buy it, and then you buy a bottle of of spirits, whiskey. Uh, tequila rum and you pour it in there and after a week it spits out a barrel aged version of your spirit uh-huh. yeah I know it's Wi-Fi enabled and it's uh, Hold on. <laughs> yeah it allows you to age your own whiskey or rum or whatnot my all, question is what does the, what the heck does the Wi-Fi even have to do I, with I'm it? not even qu- completely sure to be honest uh, but the idea is that you get to do your own aging all without the hassle of having to Build a warehouse and or wait twelve years or full of hooch. Yeah, eight years. Or uh, they take. Uh, they say these devices take up many forms: tiny barrels that look cool in your bar top, pieces of wood you drop into your bottle, and other type of gizmos that all resolve around rapidly exposing a spirit to oak. Now there's another high tech option uh, that you can add to the mix. It's Modern Barrel Company's MOBA Smart Barrel. It's a plug-in Wi-Fi enabled urn that ingests your bottle of booze and spits out a barrel-aged version after a week. So if you're familiar, they say, with the sorcery of commercial-scale accelerated aging operations like Lost Spirits, that's kind of what this does. Uh, They keep some of their tech close to the vest, but one of their founders uh, who does this on the side and another professional chemist says it involves heat, oxygen, and wood, just like in a real barrel. Uh, You know what works just like a real barrel? Yeah, what? A real barrel. A real barrel, yeah. But, of course, that would take more time. Uh, The review, by the way, describes it as a cross between a pressure cooker and a pint-sized water heater. A small block of wood called an M-stack attaches to the end of a slim metal pole, which dangles into the center of a metal flask that you fill with your spirit. And then you seal it up, and you hit the power button, and the unit gently heats the wood and apparently agitates the spirit with vibration or some other type of, of... uh, movement. The uh, thing comes in five types of M stacks, all made from American white oak, but treated differently before they're ready for use. So it was clearly designed for aging like Blanco tequila, they say. Though the founders say they've tried it on everything uh, from you know uh, tequila to Southern Comfort, and have had good results aging mezcal as well as Everclear and barreled cocktails like the Manhattan. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, Wired tried it out, and they were not super impressed. They uh, took a bottle of old Crow bourbon uh, as an experiment in extra oh, aging. God. And, uh, 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 you know, they described the whiskey as harmless enough, but could it be improved by a week in the uh, MOBA with the sweet M-stack? Uh, the aged old Crow, he says he'd like to call it older Crow, was darker in color uh, and a more aggressive wood influence on the nose and the palate, which says a good thing and a bad thing. It wasn't smoky, but the wood elements were quite heavy, drying, and tannic. So, 
overall, they weren't that impressed by the MOVA. So before you plop down $399 for I was going to say, hey, if it's, if it's <laughs> yeah. ineffective or lackluster, at least it's expensive, yeah. right? I was uh, given as a gift one time a, a device that aerates your spirit. Uh, which that actually works kind of well. It just brings some of the flavors. So you pour it into it, and then you let it pour into your glass or cup from uh, from the little. I mean, aerator. it could be a straw that you just put in there and blow. Yeah, it works a little better than that, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put your lips together and blow. Uh, was it May West said that? All right, we will uh, take a break, and we will be back with. Oh my <coughs> goodness, it's time for drinking news. That's coming up next. Smoking and toasting our show, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. I can't believe you're talking over that excellent guitar tone. I <laughs> see. I felt like it was a little sharp. Was, was, that just, was that just my ears, or the, was the guitar player a little sharp there? I don't know, man. We'll we'll have to we'll have to investigate. Uh, Ian, grab that ukulele. Is it ukulele time? Because it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. For today's installment of Drinking News, we're going to talk for a moment about dreams. Now, not to get too scientific on you, but dreams are like crazy, man. I mean, seriously. We've all had that dream that seems so incredibly real that we could swear when we're in it that we're awake and amazing things are happening. I had a dream once that I went to bed with Salma Hayek. And she's just starting to get undressed when I hear cut, and I look around to see Mattress Mac with a camera, and I realize we're in some kind of crazy gallery furniture commercial. And then I turn to look back at Salma Hayek, and it isn't her, it's Miss Dubliak, one of my teachers from junior high school. And yes, I know I need professional help, and I realize that I may very well need to be medicated as well. I'm taking it a day at a time, so thanks for bearing with me. And by the way, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Mattress Mac is our local crazy TV furniture guy here in Houston. He really will save you money. Gallery Furniture is his store. Salma Hayek is one of the most beautiful women on the planet. And Mrs. Dubliak, my junior high school teacher, is, well, the opposite of that. In any case, according to the Sleep Health Foundation, many dreams are bizarre because a part of our brain actually shuts down. When we're awake, the front part of our brain controls how we make sense of the world. This shuts down during dreaming, and because of this, the dreaming brain puts together ideas that normally do not go together. So it's no surprise that sometimes we dream things that don't quite intersect. Like when your socks don't fit and you realize they don't fit because they're bear claws. Right, right, exactly. And it doesn't quite intersect with the reality of what's going on around us. Exactly. Which brings us to the story of a man who would clearly be at home in Florida but apparently actually resides in suburban Chicago instead. 
and is facing firearm charges. Chicago man. The 62-year-old Chicago man was charged about two months after an incident where police were called to his home on a report of a person with a gunshot wound. When they arrived, deputies immediately applied a tourniquet to the man's leg where he had actually been shot and was losing a lot of blood. The Chicago man told investigators that he had a dream that someone was breaking into his home and that during that dream, he retrieved his 357 Magnum revolver and shot at who he believed was the intruder, police said. In a news release, police said that when the man fired, he shot himself in the leg, which as you might expect, caused him to wake up from the dream. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a bad dream, man. In, investigators determined there was no burglary attempt at the man's home in the northwest Chicago suburb. So why was he ultimately arrested? Well, cops found out that his state firearm owner's identification card had been revoked and that despite this, he was still in possession of a gun. Oops. Actually, yeah, well. actually double oops. It's bad enough to get arrested for having a gun illegally, but it's even worse if your aim in the dream is so bad that you try to fire at your dream burglar and you wind up shooting yourself in the leg. I'm just saying. So I did a little research online to see what it might actually mean if you shoot yourself in your dream. Uh, many sites say it's due to underlying feelings of guilt and that guilt manifesting itself in your dream causes you to, you know, shoot yourself in that way of applying punishment to yourself. I would also add that if you happen to dream that you're a clown, you know, like in the circus with red rubber nose and big floppy shoes, oh, yeah. you most definitely should shoot yourself in the dream because clowns are evil. And the only way of wiping out this evil could be to take matters into your I, own I hands. feel like you have a clown issue. Of course, even if you dream that, don't shoot yourself in real life. That would be tragic. Unless, of course, you are actually a clown, in which case all bets are off. I'm just saying. I can't, I can't tell you that I'm sure all of this would hold up in court, but I can tell you that I absolutely believe it. I mean, that poor clown in that Stephen King novel, people kept calling him It. No wonder he felt so alienated and wanted to turn evil. So what you got out of that movie or that book... Is feeling were, bad for the freaking they, clown? They were oppressing that clown. Oh, my God. They kept calling him it. You know, I don't know if I can be friends with you if you're a clown sympathizer. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I don't feel like this is... I did feel like this might say, be the... Did you just say clown sympathizer? Yeah, that's the way you were presenting yourself as, as a clown sympathizer. <laughs> I'm just saying, you'd be angry, too, like if kids like kept calling you it and you lived in a sewer. You'd be like, hey, man... The key, just trying phrase, to get along. the key phrase in what you just said here is lived in a sewer. Okay? Let's just go back. There's a difference between that. Bozo and It. <laughs> yeah. And and neither of them deserve that to live. has a name in It, right? What is his name? I can't remember. <laughs> Beals of Boobala. <laughs> something. <laughs> I got to say, if you don't have if you don't have a, like, I'm scared of clowns thing, yeah. and you see that clown, yeah. that is a terrifying yeah. looking clown. And you know, by the way, that is the Yiddish word for the devil, is Beelzebubala. Uh, yes. Yeah. So just, you know, in case you were wondering. The Chicago man was booked and released after posting bail and is awaiting trial. So. Oh, it's Pennywise. Pennywise, That's right. yes. And there's a, a punk band named Pennywise, too. That's which right. I'm That's pretty right. sure it took their name from the Stephen King uh, book. Reporting live from Chicago, where I'm still trying to figure out where Selma Hayek went. Uh, my name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking oh. news. Cheers, y'all. 
That is pretty bad, though, if you have a dream that you're shooting somebody and you shoot Wait, yourself. I'm not done yet. That's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> I gotta say, I was gonna, I was gonna be like, "What are you doing?" And then I was like, "No, actually, that was pretty good. That's actually pretty good." Um, but that's gotta be. I mean, seriously, you have a dream that you're shooting someone, you shoot yourself <laughs> you in the shot leg. Yourself. Oh my god! I think they were a couple inches different. That could have been even been even more of a disaster. Oh you know? no, no, bueno. Just saying. Yeah. So, anyway, there you go. Your also, let let's say I, you know, I like Texas because <laughs> if I was to shoot myself in the leg, I wouldn't get arrested for it because guns. Yeah, <laughs> because it's all good. You have as many guns as you want. Yes. Yeah. Just just go to your local Walmart and pick one up. Yeah. I, I'm still my favorite line about guns ever. And no matter what side of the gun safety debate you're on, you can appreciate this. Homer Simpson in The Simpson goes to the store to buy a gun, and they tell him, okay, sir, fill this out, and uh, you can pick up your gun in seven days for the, after the waiting period. And Homer says, seven days? But I'm mad now. That's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. Ian has opened a rather revered bottle, uh, if, you're, if you live where we live. Mm, nice. The Bishop's Barrel good. bottles from St. Arnold. And they're not currently doing Bishop's Barrel, so this is no. another one. And I hope they decide to continue this. This was so, 2020, I think. Is that when this right, came out? Right. So the Divine Reserve... Um, uh, this has been aging a bit. Yeah. So the Divine Reserve beers were uh, very special brews. They tried a number of different things. The Bishop's Barrel were all about... Aging things with, in wine barrels. With our Bishop's Barrel series, we experiment with pairing our ales with a variety of different barrels, fruits, or whatever else may strike our fancy. These age in our barrel room anywhere from a few months to well over a year. Um, this is the Sriracha Ace Double. So Sriracha Ace is a um, hop okay. variation. This is the Sriracha <laughs> Ace Double. Aged in red wine barrels with bretonomyces and raspberries. So as soon as you hear bretonomyces, you need to be thinking there's going to be a little sour going on. There's going to be a little on. funk going on, too. Little, yeah. yeah, it's mm -hmm. going to be a little funky, a little sour. And this is both funky and sour. This is in the best way, and it is aged to a little more mellow than it used to be. So I'm picking up on the nose. I can get all of those elements that you talked about. I can get the red wine. Mm -hmm. I can get the bretonomyces, mm -hmm. the funk. And I can get a little... Like raspberry seed, yeah, a little touch thing. of that raspberry. Yep, very, very much so. I even had raspberry in the cigar I talked about today. You did. I'm gonna you kind of get raspberry on the brain today. Kind of a raspberry kick here. So, uh, it's wonderful on the nose, and what it's do you think? fruity and ridiculous is what it is, mm. and it's just dang good beer. Wasn't that the the uh, thing for Frosted Lucky Charms? Were they fruity and ridiculous? Was that what they were? <laughs> well, I think they were magically delicious. That's magically delicious. This is kind of magically delicious, too, if you really want to know. Uh, you're right, Ian. This is a very fruity um, and and really delicious. I mean, you, you get the sense, kind of like what I talked about with my cigar. You just got the sense you were smoking something special, that it was kind of an ultra-premium. You this, just kind of can tell. This gives you that feeling in terms of a beer. It doesn't have an ABV on there, but I'm willing to bet that this is north of nine. Mm-hmm. A bit. Uh, let's see. No, it doesn't what say. makes you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, Because you can taste it's got a little boozy to it as well. Mm -hmm. A little bourgeois, if you will. It's got... Okay, so I'm trying to... Trying to distill this. I said bourgeois. I didn't even get a chuckle. Come uh, on. No. <laughs> <laughs> bourgeois. Uh, so this is uh, 
No, but you get the you get the the fruit, the wine up front, the yeah. wine barrel aging up front, and then kind of in the middle you get the funk of the bretonomyces, mm-hmm. and then in the end it's just like this. It's uh, it's a tart and kind yes. of a sharp finish to it, but in kind of a good way. Mm-hmm. And it leaves your mouth feeling like you just had that. Remember that gator gum you used to get? Yes. It yes. make your mouth just water like madness. So it really does. It leaves your it leaves your uh, uh, your your uh, saliva <laughs> glands like going nuts. So it's not like you can go and buy this anymore. This no. beer came out uh, a few years back, and they're not even currently doing a current version of this. But I will say this is one of those things that if you're over at a friend's house, and you know you're getting some out of his beer fridge and you see one of these divine reserves sitting in there that's the time you pull it out and go hey can we drink this right yeah well and it's this is the kind of thing too where drinking a whole bottle of this by yourself it's a lot because there's a lot going on in this beer i mean Mm -hmm. it's a big beer but frankly like how nice is it to sit and like pour and do tasters where everyone could talk about totally what it's about you know that's that's what when you when you get this style of beer i feel like like people think, oh, those big beers, you know, I can't drink one of those. Well, you, you don't have to, man. Drink half of one or drink a third, a third of one, one and share it with it, people yeah. and talk about the flavors you get. We talked about That's this so much fun. a couple of shows ago about how uh, drinking these beers, drinking these spirits, smoking cigars is such a social thing. It's like yes. that's how it's really meant to be enjoyed, and this beer is a perfect example of that. This beer is not best when you're sitting at home doing the whole bottle by yourself, even though it's a regular twelve ounce bottle. Uh, it's really meant to share. It's about tasting. Like, what do you what do you get out of this? What do you what are you picking up on? That's what that's what the whole that's what the whole fabric of this show really is about. Is just drinking these things. Tasting these things, talking about what we're getting from them, yeah, and maybe because we drink a lot that we can help you distill we, your we thoughts, so you don't buy a bunch of stuff. You, you also like. notice, like we don't do a, we don't for 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 anybody new out there, we don't do a number rating system on our beers. We're not rating them at a certain number or anything like that, um, because what we just want you to like know what we think about them as we're drinking them and, and trying them. For sure. And there's been beers on this show that you really enjoy, and I really don't. And vice versa. And vice versa. Um, but, you know, and, and, and then even our number rating system that we have for our cigars are basically priced to quality more right. than it's, anything. It, and there's a much larger range of pricing in cigars yeah. than there is in beers. Now, certainly you can find the more expensive beers, and we have had a number mm-hmm. of those on the show. But most of the beers we sample on this show are in a... You know, ten to ten to fifteen dollars, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So, pack. so it's not. It's not like price is as big of a factor. If if I really like a beer, I don't mind spending a couple of bucks more for it. Uh, but with cigars, sometimes you're talking about the difference between a six dollar cigar and a twenty six dollar cigar, yeah. and that's worth uh, that's worth talking about. I think this is delightful. It's quite good. Yeah, I mean, it's just got such complexity to it, and it's uh, dry too. Like that aftertaste uh-huh. is dry, big time. Super like Dorito wine effect going style, on here. dry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, and and obviously that is a testament to the wine, and it's a testament to Saint Arnold, who I really believe, mm-hmm. although they do show up on some of the you know best brewery type lists, but these guys do not get enough credit outside of where we live here in Houston for how innovative they've been. I mean. Every brewery's not doing these crazy, you know, uh, Bishop's Barrel and Divine no, they did a whole series. This is twenty. I think they did twenty three of them. I think they did. Yeah, of these Bishop's Barrels where they were just like, "Hey, let's just do crazy stuff with beer." Yeah, and and you can't 
you can't forget about Divine Reserve and what a oh, big Divine deal Reserve, that was. Yeah. I feel like Divine Reserve is part of what pulled a lot of people in to being in love with craft beer yeah. in this area. People standing in line waiting for the release. Well, it added, to get that it added a, uh, uh, an exclusivity to it. Like there were people who would stand in line for hours, mm-hmm. you know, to to uh, to get their to get their hit the liquor store. Yeah. For sure. All right, we're going to take a break. We got uh, uh, just a little bit more to do to wrap up the program, but we want to thank you for being with us this week. It is Smoking and Toasting, show number 335, and we will be right back. Dang it. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, all things that we really I love enjoy. those things. Yeah. Again, I notice you talk as soon as the guitar player starts playing on yeah, that well, last piece. Well, you know, I don't understand. It, it, it's, like, it's, it's, the it's tone important. is so it's good. It's important, really, to cover certain things. You know, it's it's instinctive, really, you know, <laughs> is the way that it works. Um, Ian, this is, um, this is a really exciting... Uh, it's a really exciting time for us here at Smoking and Toasting because now that we we were talking about this a little bit uh, during the break, uh, now that the show is is picking up affiliates for radio syndication, and now that we're on in various places, um, I, I think it lends a certain credibility to the show that, quite frankly, I don't think we really deserve. So I'm really excited about it. Deserves got nothing to do with. Yeah, there you go. I like it. I like it very much. <laughs> uh, um, this has been a, a a really fun show, but next week. Will be a very different uh, sort of uh, sort of program. It's going to be very different. Yes, because uh, I will not be here. Ian will be uh, hosting with a guest like, host. Like if you were to think of us, like along the lines of a of, of a production news station, mm-hmm. like when me and you do the show, that's like the Dan Rather report. You know, it's very serious <laughs> and austere. Yes, next we week's going to be. I'm so serious and austere. Next <laughs> next week's going to be a little like Cheech and Chong. Okay, good. Not really. No, no, no. You're going to be out of town. You're going to be floating on the river. I'm going to be. I'm actually really jealous about that. More for Santa Claus. Yes, I will be floating down the river. Floating on the river with one of those gigantic cigars. I do. Dude, I and, want a picture and love and life, <laughs> absolutely love and life. No, it's uh, uh, honestly it's a family reunion for my wife's uh, family, and we are going to be on the river, and it's going to be. I'm going to do my very best to do absolutely nothing. So but much smoke fun and drink. So much fun, and maybe if I drink enough, a little karaoke. So much fun. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, so I'm going to have John Denman on the show. He's actually mm. been on the show with me before. Yes, and he uh, he had a podcast called Drink of Ages that mm-hmm. was that was around for a long time, uh, and and he's so fun. I have no idea what he's going to bring. But I may get together will. with him this week just as an excuse to have a beer mm-hmm. um, and see uh, if we want to pre-talk through the show, or we might just come in and go right off the cuff. Well, I, I hope that you do a really really great job because. Eventually, I want to be able to seed the show to you guys, and I can just stay at home and drink. Man, then I'd have to do more work. You see, you don't don't understand. Like, I I love this show because I come in and just act surprised because most of the time I am. (laughs) Most of the time. Most of the time. 
like my work pro- my work part of this is like yeah. I don't even read the the uh, the, the, show the show notes, notes? right because oh, wow. like, I want to act like genuinely surprised yeah, well, about all stuff. Right, all right, I get it. Well, there's some interesting <laughs> stuff in the show notes. You might you might enjoy uh, uh, you might enjoy perusing them from time to time. Uh, no, that'll be uh, that'll be next week's show, and then the week this after. Be fun. I'm serious. I'm buying some proper number twelve, and we're going to sample oh, geez, some proper like... number twelve. And what you can do. Is you can bring something good from your bar, okay? That we can have after we something to balance the proper to, twelve, something to wash that taste out of our mouth because it's not going to be. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying I've had it before, but see, I, and, I, I just want to be able to talk about it like legitimately, like okay, guys, here's what we're getting, or here's what we're not getting out of the proper number twelve, because we've we've bashed it so many times. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, <laughs> that it deserves. It deserves a fair. It a makes fair me trial. the proper twelve makes me talk in mumbles. You realize that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it makes uh, Conor McGregor talk in mumbles as well. Well, then no, that's yeah. the way he talks. Yeah. It's <laughs> whoa, oh, whoa! I just put those two things together. Yes. Wait a minute. Yeah. Maybe that's why he made the proper twelve because so everyone would talk like him. That could be. It could make it. Like you said, it can make that. Uh, it can make that happen. Hey, The Rock has a tequila. If I uh, drink that, will I be like The Rock? <laughs> well, if you lift enough of them with one arm, yeah, you'll yeah. have one giant you have to, arm. It's an awful lot of bottles of the Rocks tequila with one arm to have one giant arm. Well. I'm just saying. Uh, thank you to everybody involved in the program. Uh, thanks to Terry on the Wheels of Steel. Thanks to uh, uh, producer Adam in the cloud. And uh, Ian, uh, this has been fun. I will miss you next week, but not all that much because I'll be smoking and drinking on the river. So I expect a picture. We're going to post a oh, picture. Yeah. You got it. You will have one. Uh, folks, Thank you for being here for the program, and thank you uh, to our new affiliate once again in uh, Burley, Idaho, KBAR, News Talk 1230. Thank you guys for coming on board, and we appreciate you, and we're looking forward I want to you, I want more. a picture of you trying to get into the inner tube. Yeah? Because that's the that's the funniest part that, of that'll anything. That'll be a video. That'll be a video. Because that river's so cold when yeah. you first get oh, in, and know, then getting the in the inner tube yeah. is never it's graceful. Like, ah! Can you set it to the Benny Hill theme? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's, uh, that's very good. I like that. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us here every week for uh, Smoking and Toasting. Remember, you can find us on all of the regular podcast uh, places, and you can find us on YouTube if you want to see the video yes, version yes. of the show. Put us but on in the we, background, turn the lights down low. Everything's good. Yeah, talk to your, talk to your special friend. It, uh, it sets the mood very nicely, especially drinking news. That's what I'm saying. Drinking new. Have a uh, great week, everybody, <laughs> and we will toast you, and we will see you next week. And well, I'm going to have to go back to my show beer because I drained all of these. Have a wonderful week, my friends, and uh, cheers, cheers, y'all. y'all. Sunshine is so good to you.